Lord, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning because they didn't get old the night before. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for you said your goodness leads us to repentance. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for these hungry ones that are here tonight. For those that could be here tonight, thank you for each one of them. We pray, Lord, over Hosanna in the next few minutes, Lord, they will be an open heaven. They will be a divine portal created. So the Spirit of God will be loosed upon us in a new way. He's, Lord, we know you're here. So thank you. So, Lord, but you lead us, you direct us. Every word, every thought, every decision, Holy Spirit, you direct us. Thank you for this time we've had together. Thank you for these precious brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, for Hosanna. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, that which you have begun, you said you're going to finish. So we thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right. You may be seated. We, we felt like the, this night would be a, that focal point of just asking God to release, which he always does, to release signs and wonders. I mean, you know the amazing thing? In the Bible, they preached and they were signs and wonders that accompanied the message. I mean, they didn't just preach, you know. I don't know if you've ever, well, some of you would remember a dear lady by the name of Catherine Kuhlman. Catherine Kuhlman had a, an incredible healing anointing. And, uh, but, you know, she wasn't noted for her preaching. Leonard Ravenhill said if she just preached, wouldn't nobody come here. They didn't come to hear something. They came to see something. And, and so, but I didn't like to watch her. You know, she'd come, she'd, it was, it, I, I could not stand to watch her. She, hello, I'm here. I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, you know. <laughs> I'd just turn and look at the wall. I'd listen to her, but, you know. So I, I was walking across the campus at school one day, and I was complaining to the Lord. I said, you know, I don't even like to look at her. And that's one of those times when the Lord just speaks to your heart. He said, so when you listen to her or see her, are you drawn to her? I go, not hardly. He said, that's the reason. And I want to tell you, I'm a, I'm, 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 this is not the message. I want to tell you, more often than not, when there is a move of God, God will have to build things around it to guard it. And sometimes there will be things built around it that will offend the flesh and religion. And he does that to protect what he's doing. And uh, so anyway, but I, I believe we're headed that direction. I hope you hear soon. Revival hit Florence, Alabama. We don't know what happened to Doc Shelley. He got raptured up and he's somewhere, but we don't know where he is. Hallelujah. So it's good. Thank you. Love you, Bill. Thank you, brother. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about the most important subject you'll ever hear. Now, you may hear better preachers, and that won't be a big deal. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawers. I said, Larry and I are just glad to be in the drawer. 
But I tell you, you'll never hear a greater subject than you're going to hear tonight. And I want to talk to you about it. And we're going to, what, we're going, what I want to do, my objective is to just talk about this and release this into the atmosphere, into our hearts, so that we can embrace it and step into it. So I want to talk about the power of his name. I thought it, Harold, so fitting, sweetest name I know. I will, I will tell you this, and I will hurry. I will be 82 uh, in a few days. And uh, so I, 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 yeah, you don't need to know this, but I, I got saved when I was 23, so you can do the math. And for, I, I've tried to walk with the Lord and not done it all right, but I've tried to since I got saved. And I'm, since I got saved, I knew him as Lord and Savior in my life. And there came a time... Um, that uh, I found he was my baptizer, and he was my healer, and he was my deliverer in this season of my life. He's become my best friend. He's no less Lord, but he's my best friend. When I say that, and it's not a feeling, there's that when you have a friend you can talk to, a friend that loves you, a, a friend that's so that's he is the Lord of your life, but he's your friend. I pray for all of us as we get on this journey further and further that he will become intimately our friend. Do, do you our friend, he's my best friend. I had a brother in the Lord that's in heaven. Uh, Call me, and it touches my heart. He was such a dear man. He's in heaven, as I said. Call me one day, and he said, Pastor, he said, you're my best friend. He don't know what that did to me. I mean, it wasn't an ego thing. It was just, it touched me. And when Jesus, the Bible talks about those that were friend of God. In other words, he's my friend. He's Lord, yes, he's my friend. See, I can't relate sometimes to some things out here, but I can relate to friends and love and grace and mercy because that's what he's like. And tonight we're just going to, we're going to step into who he is, what he does, what he has done. How many of you know, if he walked in the flesh, which he won't because he's not in human flesh anymore, but if he walked, he wouldn't have to open the door. He'd just walk through it. And come in here and stand up here, because we'd all be on our face. But if he came in here, listen, he would do no less than he did when he walked on planet Earth. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay? Now, I want to start out in Acts chapter 10, and we will just jump around a little bit. I'm not going to preach very long, because I want us to keep it open-ended here. In the 10th chapter of Acts and verse 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And that's the capsule of his ministry. I'm going to read it again. God anointed Jesus while he was on earth 
God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, no matter where he was, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. What a testimony. How God anointed his son. Now, now let, 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 me, let me, I want you to get it. Let me say this. The name Jesus has the full investment of heaven. He has actually turned all judgment, Father has, over to his son Jesus. You will, Listen, there is no judgment apart from Jesus, the word of God. He, he turned all to, now listen, when he walked on earth, he walked in the Holy Spirit without measure. He didn't have a portion. He had the full measure of the Holy Spirit. God invested everything God is in his son. And, 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 and when we say the name Jesus, we are acknowledging, when we say it, we are acknowledging God's eternal investment in his son, Lord of lords and King of kings. And so uh, when I look at that, I see that Paul had a revelation of what we want a better, better revelation of. So in Philippians chapter 2, you want to go there, you can. Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to read it. If I can do that, if I got enough, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to refer back to it, say a few things, make some statements, and then we're going to see what God has for us, okay? So it starts out in verse, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery or uh, in, in reality, and I'll talk about it, he emptied himself even though, even though he was still God, though functioning now as the Son of Man, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow those in heaven, those on earth and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Let me give you my, my first point with five statements. First of all, Jesus emptied himself of his former privileges. He never functioned on earth as the Son of God, though never ceasing to be. You got to get that. People say, yeah, but, but he was Jesus. Yes, he was. But he functioned in the same Holy Spirit you have. So he emptied himself of his former privileges too. He took on the form of a servant. The Bible, God said, those that serve me, I will honor. You want to know greatness in the kingdom? Get your towel and basin. You want to know the greatness in the world? Rule and reign over people. That's how the world sees it. But in the kingdom of God, Jesus in John 13 girded himself with a towel and began to wash their feet. Got to Peter and old Peter to, hey, you're not, you know, started growing. And then when he finishes, 
Jesus said, you see what I've done to you? That wasn't about the washing of feet. It was about serving. As I have done this to you, go to your world and do it for them. When I'm looking for staff people, I, I used to. I'm not looking for them. <laughs> when I was looking for staff people, I never looked for the most talented. I always started where God called it great. He that is great among you, let him serve. That's the, that's the turning point, a serving heart. You, I mean, if you know, if you've got a serving heart, God can develop from there. If you don't have a serving heart, then what God does, temptation will overtake you in pride most often. Happens to pastors all the time. They have a successful minister, and before you know it, they're sleeping with a secretary, or they just robbed the church of X. I mean, you know, it's a terrible thing. But this is what it said of Jesus. He took upon himself, was his choice, the form of a servant. Third thing, he, he, he took on the appearance of man. He didn't wear a halo. You know, I, and I, we've got some religious people that you see pictures of Jesus with his halo. He ain't no halo. He came as a man. You know why? I, I can prove it in the Bible. The 16th chapter of Matthew, you know, Jesus comes to Caesarea Philippi and he said, hey, boys, who do men say I am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist or, you know, begins to list some of the prophets. But, he said, but who do you say I am? Peter said, I know who you are. You're, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Now watch this. When he said that, Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't show that to you. When you look at me, you don't see no halo. If I mash my finger, it bleeds. Because God was in flesh, human flesh. Because he had to be fully human in order to die for a full human. So, took on himself the appearance of a man, and he humbled himself. He walked in humility, didn't walk in pride. Though he knew who he was. And then the fifth thing, he was obedient to the Father, even to the death of the cross. In Gethsemane, he said, if there's any other way, but if there's not, not my will be done, but yours. If I can get to the place to where I can say, it don't matter, Lord. Kingdom of God come. Will of God be done in me like it is in heaven. By the way, that sixth chapter of Matthew, that statement I just gave is not it is not a request per se it's a command you said it in there get out your commentary you know what Jesus said you look into a situation and you say to it I command the will of God to be done here I command the will of God to be done let it be done in this situation like it is in heaven that's not a suggestion. It's a command. You have that authority in the Lord. So that's what happened. Okay, now how did God respond to that? Now let me show it to you. First of all, the God we're talking about here is the God Theos, which is the word, the true God, the one true God, highly exalted him. And you know, uh, it's one thing to be a conqueror, but it's another thing to be more than a conqueror. The conquerors means you whip the enemy more than a conqueror is that you took everything you had after you whipped him. That's more than a conqueror. So the word of God says 
that God exalted him, gave him a name above every name. God gave him a name. Did you know when Gabriel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a boy, heaven said, and you call his name Jesus. He didn't say, pick you out a good name. Heaven already had this settled. In the divine council of heaven, years and years and years and back in the eons, I believe that divine trinity met together. And God said, we're going to create man, but he will fall. But Jesus, who was the word of God, said, but I will go, take on flesh, and I will live and die, and I will rise again for lost humanity as fully man, fully God, but I will live on earth as totally, absolutely man to redeem the fallen Adam. Wow. And then the father said, well, son, I'll give you a name above every name. Now listen to me. If it's got a name, it better bow the knee. He didn't say some names. If cancer has a name, it's subservient to that name. If demons have a name, they're subject to that name. Come on now. If poverty has a name, it's subject to If it has a name, it is subservient to the name above all other names. The name of Jesus, who is the Lord. Wow. That's the power of his name. So he said he gave him a name above every name. And I love what Paul said. In three worlds... In heaven, if you could go to heaven that quick, guess what? In heaven, you speak the name of Jesus, the angels break into singing. My God, they know who he is, Jeff. Can you imagine walking along heaven and all of a sudden somebody says, Jesus, holy, 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 the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. That's who I'm talking about. And, and that's in heaven. What about, what about on earth? What about here tonight? We mentioned the name of Jesus. Demons have to bow. Sickness has to bow. Come on now. Torment has to bow. Give it a name and command it to bow to the name of Jesus before you leave tonight. That's what I, what would we get a hold of this? Hell's going to tremble. Gave him a name above all other names in heaven and earth and under earth. That's hell. If you could go to hell tonight, if you could, and we're not going, but if you could, just peep inside the door and holler, Jesus, the demons will bow their knee. The devil will bow his knee because he's got a footprint on his neck because one day the Son of God walked over and the devil bowed. He put his foot on him, took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, rose again, and shook the keys in the face of the devil himself and declared, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So that's what Paul said. And that every tongue shall confess, should confess, this is the new King James. Every tongue should confess that he is Lord. Now listen to me. I don't know what your politics are, and I really don't care. Because politics is not our problem. We've got an evil, we've got evil rulers in our land doing their thing, taking us the opposite direction that God wants his people to go. That's just fact. Okay? Call it Democrats. 
Most of them are Democrats, but look at the Republicans. Who cares? What's the difference? Them rhinos don't have it. They, come on now. So it's not about a party. It's not about, but it's about, it's about an intent in our nation to quieten down the church, and they've done a pretty good job quieting it down. But I want to make some declarations tonight. There's, a, there's an underground movement that's getting hold of who Jesus is. There's an underground movement getting a hold of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you right now, there's going to come a Holy Ghost explosion that the Spirit of God's going to burst loose in the middle of this thing. Jesus is going to be lifted up and exalted and the Word of God's going to start to be proclaimed again. And the, listen, and the, and the gates of hell shall be shaken again. Hallelujah. I believe that's coming. Now, listen to me carefully. Not only did he give them a name, and then he said they should confess. Can, can, can you imagine Sodom Hussein, who was killed? Already, he don't have a chance. He will bow. Obama will bow. Biden will bow. Miss Harris will bow. Come on now. I can start that. They're going to bow. Somebody said, every knee shall bow. And every... Go ahead and bow now and avoid the rush. Everybody's going to sooner or later. If you do it soon enough, then, then it will be supernaturally natural. For those that didn't, can you imagine on that great judgment day called the great, great white throne judgment when God Almighty has sent His Son there and now the Word of God is going to judge every man and woman that died without the Lord. And he will judge them. And once they're judged, the Bible said, it is the second death. And they will be resurrected, judged, and cast into the lake of fire forever. But aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that one day you're going to be walking along, talking to your wife, honey, I know we're having a hard time. And then the, quicker than you can blink your eye. Quicker than you can. It's, it's in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's quicker than an eye blink. That's how quick you'll be walking along. Honey, I, don't, I know we're having a hard time. But in the next minute, you're walking down the street to go, glory to God, what just happened here, honey? The rapture just occurred, and we're home. Hallelujah, we're home. See, that's the power of his name. Do, do you understand this? I, I, <laughs> I could just run them down now for a while. I'm telling you, the power and the authority of the name. So... So when God invested, now listen to me, I say it again, God invested everything he is in that name. Now let me, let me just, I wasn't going to preach long, was I? <laughs> There's too much of an anointing up here. First of all, listen to me. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, how many of you know that something happened to you when you got saved that you're still trying to figure out? You haven't got it all figured out, and you won't have it figured out when you get to heaven. Because in heaven, we're going to learn a lot of things in heaven. You know what? I don't ever believe we will exhaust who God is. We're continually, perpetually learning and experiencing and knowing. And So when you got saved, you didn't get religion. You didn't get some religious thing. 
You didn't get some rules. They didn't, when you got saved, they didn't hand you, okay, here's 10 rules you got. Now, some will do that, but that's dead religion. I'm talking about a relationship with the living God through his son, Jesus. He didn't give me a list. He gave me a relationship. And so when I got saved, I stepped over into him. <laughs> and the father can't see me anymore unless he sees me through his son. If any man be in Christ. My God, that's good news. And then listen, in Romans 6 and 3, it says, we've been baptized into Christ Jesus. Then it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, by one spirit we're baptized into his body. Now listen, when you got saved, you were baptized, listen, into the person and the name of Jesus. I carry that name tonight, so do you. I carry the name of Jesus. It's, it's, the, it's the best friend I have. I carry, now listen to me, I carry the authority of that name. It operates in the faith that I have in that name. It operates according to the faith that I have in that name. But I carry the authority of that name. Let, let me illustrate it to you. June and I have two daughters, Vicky and Donna. Vicky's the oldest, Donna's the youngest. And, and uh, they are our power of attorney. I mean, they're, that, that, I mean they're, we've got papers. I mean, it's all drawn up, notarized, everything. They're their power of attorney. Which means, while we're up here, they could sell our house. <laughs> We may go home and we ain't got a place to go anymore. They have the authority to do with what, what is mine in June. They got the authority to do with it whatever they desire because they have the power of attorney. I mean, you know, that's the truth. Had an attorney here uh, this morning. That's the, I mean, and when you see in the Bible, and I've said it enough to know, and these preachers know this, when you look at the name, in the name of Jesus, it's the power of attorney. That means that God Almighty gave to the Lamb's wife the legal, woo, the legal right to act in behalf of his son so that in faith they say to that demon in the name of Jesus or I say to that sickness in the name of whatever it is you're, you're dealing with, you are saying it as if he himself said it because you're acting as the power of attorney. We have that here tonight. Oh, All right. <laughs> Isn't it fun being saved? You know, people go, well, I just want to have fun in life. Did you know the first three words in funeral is fun? <laughs> Jesus didn't come. Listen, listen, I don't mean this. Like, Jesus didn't come to make you happy. He came to make you holy. And give you the joy of the Lord that don't have a thing in the world to do with exter the external circumstances. Now, I want to make five statements. I want to do it quick as I can. Five statements about the name. First of all, and I'm not even going there. I'm just going to refer them to you. First of all, when you gather in his name, he is there. Whether I feel it, whether I see it, it has nothing to do with my five senses. In Matthew 18, 20, where two or three, and there's more than that here tonight, Bill, have gathered in my name, I'm there. <laughs> that means he's, he, he, he's here. He's, right back. He's, uh, he's, he's here. So you, do you, you actually believe that as much, more than I believe you sitting there? 
This is what my natural eye, my spiritual eye says, he's here. I don't have to ask him to come. He's here. I just need to recognize he's here. <laughs> so when we gather in his name, there am I. That's what he said. The second one is, is found in Matthew 16, 7 and 18. His name releases miracles. You know what a miracle is? It's when the natural process is intersected by a supernatural power. You understand? I mean, that's, that's what you call a miracle. Now, in the 16th chapter of Mark, as you know, in my name, you shall, there it is, cast out demons, you know, lay hands on the sick, and it goes on to list the miraculous things that'll happen in my... See, when there... We have we... We need to learn how to use the name of Jesus. It's not a magic wand. It's a faith action. It's not magic. It's a faith in the name of Jesus. I remember that. Now, you've got to remember, but you would know, but I, I, I didn't spiritually grow up with a lot of teaching. Okay? Well, but, but I've learned a few things. So the first demon I ever knew, I cast out. I, I remember it. This, 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 this guy in our church. Came and knocked on the parsonage door. I mean, we stand there crying. I said, what's wrong? He said, I don't know, but help me. Huh. We preach this. We don't, we don't do it. We just. And, and I said, come on in. He sat down on the couch. I went in the back room. Got down on my knees. I said, what's wrong with this boy, Lord? And the Lord just got a demon. I said, Really? I said, what do you want me to do? He said, cast it out. Well, I couldn't think of a man in our church I could call to help me. So I called three women that I knew were prayer warriors. So I called three women. So I said, meet me down to church. He goes down to church. So I'm on, it was a Methodist at the time. So we're over here like this. I'm on this side, and, and he's kneeling here, and the three women's here. And so he's bent over at the altar like this. And, and, uh, and so I've got to get him delivered. Well, I've never done this before. But how many know, you may not have done it before, but the name of Jesus is no less powerful to those who've done it or those who hadn't done it. It's still the same. So I remember I said to those three ladies, uh, I heard somebody say this, so I said, plead the blood. <laughs> they, just, they just started pleading the blood for this young boy, young man, 30, 35 years old. Well, the more they pleaded the blood, the worse he got. And, I'm, I, and I wasn't afraid. I tell you, I wasn't afraid, but I'm thinking, my goodness. Never seen nothing like this before. And they were like, like this way, there was a flower pot right here on an altar stand. And, and uh, I said, uh, okay, Lord, what do I do? He said, in my name, cast it out. I laid my hands on the back, and this is not an exact, I laid my hands on the back of that brother, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this demon, and I called it by name, to come out of him. Well, when I said that, he got his, he got his hard, is that thing right there? His body was that hard, and he grabbed, he grabbed that flower pot, and I thought, Lord, what are you going to do now? See, I'm, a, I, I'm learning as I go. I wasn't afraid. He grabbed that pot, and I said, in the name of Jesus, and I felt that demon flutter under my hand. 
And all of a sudden, he fell across that altar like I'd hit him in the head with a hammer, just totally limp and free. You, you know, listen, demons are still here. They just dressed up now. You go down in Mexico, they don't dress them up. We dress them up in America. So, I, I, real quick, one more. I was, I was living in Kentucky at the time. And uh, some friends in Tennessee called me and said, guess what, Brother Doc? I said, what? They said, we got an angel living in our house. I go, really? I, that that kind of, mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean I got an angel? He's, this, it was a lady, and they were dear friends and still are. Um, well, and the grandson said, he came home the other day and told us what happened at school. I said, what was it? He said, he went to the bathroom, and while he was in the bathroom, now this may sound weird to some of you, but this happened, and a hand appeared on the wall that wrote, God is love. Oh. So he opened himself to that. He comes home that day and tells them what happened. And when he starts telling them, his countenance changes. And he wants to go lay down. And, and, and I'm not adding that. It, and he goes and lays down. He's just a teenage boy. And he starts telling them supernatural things that nobody knew. This and that over here because of this and this and over here with that. And they're going, whoa, we got an angel in our house. Well, I had to do it mess up their playhouse. But I said, you ain't got no angel in your house. You got a demon. Because the angels have bodies. They're not looking for one. The demons are fallen angel without bodies that are now de demonized or evil. And I said, you got a demon living in you. And, and well, we were back and forth. And I was getting ready to come to Tennessee to try to minister to this boy to get him free. And they started looking for somebody in that town they lived in to set that boy free. Well, they went to their pastor and told him. You know what he said? You need a psychiatrist. <laughs> but they found a Baptist preacher that believed what, what I'm talking about. He ministered in the name of Jesus, deliverance of that boy, and he got delivered. In the meantime... His mom and daddy were military people, and, and, and they would, at night, the TV would come on and nobody around. The stove would come on in the kitchen and nobody turned it on. Things would move in the house. They'd hear them at night. Things in the house were moving around. The demon was taking over that house. That, listen, when you give the devil your finger, he'll grab you above the elbow. He never does what he says he's going to do like that. And so they moved out. This military family moved out of their house temporarily until the boy got delivered. And he, when, when he got delivered, they came back in. This sister told me that. He, he had an older sister. I could call names, but I won't. It doesn't matter. He told me, she told me, she said, when we moved back in, that night when I went to bed, I was nearly, I, I, I nearly asleep and I could hear things moving in the house. I thought, but I thought he got free. I could tell, I could hear things, you know, things, chairs moving around. She said, uh, whew. She said, I had the Bible laying on the nightstand. She said, I reached over, laid my hand on this word, and I said, in the name of Jesus, this house is free. She said, I never heard another sound. 
Now that's a little bizarre, but it's just dressed up today. <laughs> and I don't mean it's ugly. It's going to sound a, if you tell me that an educated woman can look in that mirror and don't know she's a woman, that's a demon talking. Come on now. So here I am. His name releases miracles. We listen, people, people, the church is instead of calling the police, they ought to call the church and say, How can I get this man free? Call our church. They know how to get him free in the name of Jesus. Did you know when Jesus came to town, demons knew where he was? <laughs> they, they, they knew Jesus is in town. Hallelujah. And you know, there's one thing you don't ever want to do is have a conversation with the devil. Don't you ever talk to the devil. You tell him. You tell him. In the name of Jesus. I got one more real quick. Counseling setting. A guy that started Theophostic Counseling. You don't, probably don't know anything about Theophostic, but that's what we used to do. Theo is God. Fostic is light. The God of light. It was an amazing ministry on how to counsel people. But anyway, he, he, told, he told us, he was an educational doctor. He said he told us he was counseling this girl, and he had another appointment. She had some demon problems, and he said, I said, I've got to go to another appointment, but in the name of Jesus, I command you not to speak again until I'm with you again. It was like the next day or the next day. He got back with the girl or the lady he was counseling. And the first thing that happened is the demon spoke. It's what the demon said. How dare you bind me that way? I haven't spoken a word since you said that. I realize that's pretty deep fur, but, but I'm, I, I'm going to the little extreme to let you see there's power and authority in the name of Jesus over sickness and deliverance and whatever and anxieties and worry and fr anything the devil's trying to do, there is something bigger than, and that's the power and the authority of his name. Third thing I want to say real quick, he's the key to answer prayer. You can study John 14, John 16. It's all there. I didn't say it. Jesus said, ask anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, I've asked in his name and didn't get it. I think I just said it. I didn't believe it. If I believe it, it'll work over time. It doesn't, it's not a hit and a miss. I ask this, and of course you can't ask in his name without it being the will of God. Israel got them a king, and God didn't want them to have one, and you see what Saul did to Israel. But the power and the authority of the name of Jesus is the key. I ask this based upon the, the power and the authority of Jesus Christ the Lord. Not the merits of my life, but the merits of Jesus Christ. Fourth thing, the Spirit of God releases Himself in the name of Jesus. I can give you the scripture. John 14, 26, the Father, listen to me, sent His Spirit in His name. <laughs> oh, when it all boils down, it's all about Jesus. All roads don't lead to heaven, only one. 
No name under heaven whereby anybody's going to be saved. The name of Jesus. Muhammad won't get it. The Muslims won't get it. Come on now. The Baptists won't get it. The Methodists not going to get it. Pentecost are not going to get it. It's the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. Last but not least, his name releases, as I've already stated, his name releases miracles when it's spoken in faith. Now, we're going to talk about this for a minute. In the third chapter, you know it, of Acts. Peter and John's going up to the temple to pray, which was their custom. On the way, they, they, they encounter this beggar who's asking for alms. Alms, alms, alms. I've been there in Israel. And, and you've got some on the corners up here that are asking. And that's fine. I mean, I'm not being critical of that. I'm just saying we have some. So, so Peter and John are walking along, and this guy's asking some alms. And that's a, it's an amazing thing. Bill, Peter stops and goes, hmm He said, in the name of Jesus. Now watch this. Such, watch this. Such as I have, give I thee, King James. In other words, what I have, I'm about to give to you if you're willing to receive it. Now, you can't, give, you can't give people something they don't want. You can't take a little baby and, and feed him lunch if he don't want any. It'll come back on you. We've had kids. We know that. It, it went in, but it came out. And so there are people you can't give what God's given you to them because they don't want it. They'd like to have the benefits of what you have, but they don't want the process by which they have to get what you have. So Peter said... In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Well, guess what happened? The old boy got up. He's running and leaping and praising God. And religion got all upset. Read it. And they want to come. How did this happen to that man? Here's the word. By faith in the name of Jesus. There it is. It's too simple, isn't it? It's not a magic wand. It's a faith exercise. Uh, I think I've t- told you guys this, but when I was living in, in, in Kentucky, Asbury Seminary is on one side of the street, and Asbury College, where the revival broke out, is on the other side. I mean, there's one little old street, and about all there is in Wilmore, Kentucky, is a seminary and a college. Well, over in the college, there were two professors that were spirit-filled, happened to be Methodists, and, and uh, Dr. Gallman and uh, another brother, so they'd go out on the weekends, these little Methodist churches, and preach Jesus and preach the baptism and that sort of thing. And God would just show up. Now, how they did that, they'd preach them the baptism. If you want the baptism of the Spirit, take them in the back room where there ain't nobody, you know. Because when they went to Shondalon, nobody would be all offended. But that's exactly what they did. I know that that's how they did it. They were bootlegging the gospel. But anyway. <laughs> they were doing it. They just put in a label. It wouldn't have put in a label on so Dr. Gallman, Dr. Neff is the other professor. I knew I'd think of it. Dr. Neff, Dr. Gallman. So Dr. Gallman told me the story. He said, Doc, we was in one little old Methodist church, and, and they go to do like a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday morning type thing. So anyway, he said, this, uh, this was Friday night, and, and I'm, 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 I'm preaching out of Acts 3. So I'm, I mean, this is a doctor, you know. 
So I'm preaching in the name of, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, he said, I noticed that a lady in a wheelchair had come down to the second pew and, you know, just locked that thing down. She's sitting out in the aisle with her, in her wheelchair. And he said, when I finished and I had to give an article, he said, she rolled that wheelchair down right in front of me. <laughs> this is Dr. Goldman said, he said, she looked up at me and said, say to me what Peter said. She said, he said, I said to her, lady, we're having a healing service tomorrow. She said, don't he heal on Friday nights? <laughs> she nailed him and he knew it. So he said, I just, now this is a, a college professor. He said, I laid hand mm, on her. And I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Well, he said, when I said that, the power of God hit that woman. And she starts standing up. And it, it hit me so hard, I'm going down. And he said, she's standing up, and I'm laying on the carpet of that little Methodist church. And she's running, the, the crippled woman is running the aisles, carrying on. And he said, I'm laying on the carpet saying, lady, sit down. He said, she looked at me and said, sit down. I've been sitting 20 years. <laughs> That's the power of his name. Authority of the name of Jesus. Who he is, connect with it. Who is he? What he has done, connect with it. What he will do, connect with it. Listen. What does that mean to me? Connect with it. And in the name of Jesus. Tonight. Right now. Right now. Now is the moment that we can connect by faith in the authority of that name. Well, I, I, I don't know, preacher. But I, I don't know whether I can do it or not. He's not asking me if I can. He just says do it. I mean, you, you, you know, it's little, 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 you know what? I've prayed for a lot of little kids. And I, to my knowledge, I've never prayed for a little, I mean, like, like five, six, seven-year-old kid. I've never prayed for one that didn't receive. I never have. You know why? They ain't got nothing to unlearn. Now, we have to work our way through religion, what we've been taught wasn't right. What's been said, the atmospheres we've lived in, all of that trash we've got to work through to get to release in the name of Jesus. <laughs> wow. And so let's, let's just step into that. I mean, do you realize you're in Him? And He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Huh. I... Um, and if you still have this struggle, don't be offended at me. But I, I started smoking when I was about 12. You know how I started? Sitting on, on a bell of hay in Daddy's barn, smoking. Thousand wonders I hadn't burned Daddy out of business. It was the mercy of God that I didn't burn the barn down. I mean, we smoke anything and smoke. I don't know. I mean, I'll be, I, I, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Down in Alabama, when, when I was 12 years old, we'd smoke uh, uh, rabbit tobacco, which is a, a wild weed 
that it'll kill a, it'll kill a, a fly in flight. It smells so bad. But it would smoke, and we smoked it. I would sneak around and get coffee out of the kitchen, and we'd smoke that coffee. We'd go to the, we'd go to the crib down at the barn and get corn suck off of corn and roll it up. Now, that was the hottest one I've ever smoked. I've stood around many, 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 many times as a little old boy. I'm telling you all the truth. And, and when men would be sitting around smoking, one of them would throw one down and still had a little left. There'd be some boy grabbed by the thing. I mean, COVID, we don't know about COVID. And then finally, uh, I remember as my, my, my first cousin and I went over to a place, little little town of probably 1,000, 1,500, uh, one Saturday, and we had enough money, we bought a pack of cigarettes, Rady Rolls. We called them Rady Rolls, pack, whole pack of cigarettes. I remember we stopped at the first bridge, sat down on the, that bridge, hung our feet off. He smoked 10 and I smoked 10. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Well, by that time, I'm hooked. Because it becomes addictive after a while. People, people ask, do you think you can smoke and go to heaven? Probably get there for anybody else. <laughs> Smoking don't have anything to do with it. I've seen people who don't smoke meaner in the yard, dog. Dudley Hall said in, 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 in Doug White's church out there in, in, in Texas, a huge well, he's dead now, I think. Huge, mega church. Dudley Hall, who's a dear friend, is an elder there. I guess he still is. He said, we had an old boy in our church got saved, and he was a heavy smoker. He got saved, and one of the brothers go to him and said, all right, now, now that you're saved, you've got to quit smoking. He said, that guy, when he got saved, he started bringing people to church and winning them to the Lord. And when those guys met with him, said, it's okay, now you're saved, you've got to quit smoking. Well, I said, what happened, Dudley? He said, he quit. But he quit winning people to the Lord. He quit bringing people to church. He lost his joy. I said, really? I said, what did y'all do? He said, we called him in the office and told him to go back smoking. <laughs> I said, what happened then? He said, he went back to winning people to Jesus and bringing people to church. And he said, in two weeks, he quit and never lost his joy. So that was me. I quit for two years almost every day. I couldn't. That thing had a hold on me. And so one day I said, I'm not going to quit again. I still remember it. Bill, I was standing, looking at the refrigerator like that. Took them out of my pocket. I laid them on the refrigerator. I said, Lord, if you give me the grace, I'll never smoke another one. In the name of Jesus, I'll never do it again. But I, I kept them there where I could see them. I'd thrown too many away. And then dug them out of the garbage can. That was in 1967. I never smoked another one. Why? In the name of Jesus. Wow. Would you take that thing that you struggle with, if it's physical, mental, emotional, whatever dimension it fits in, would you take it right now and bring it to Jesus in his name? Hmm. You say that's just too simple. It's so simple, the learned stumble over it. But Jesus went about doing good. Can, can't you just say, when Jesus, if Jesus came to St. Joe and go, 
you're not going to believe what happened last night down St. Joe. Down at the nursing home, there's a man came there from Nazareth. He emptied the nursing home. Really? And you know, down at the city pool, they started getting healed. Really? What's his name? That, I think his name is Jesus. He's, he, he's from Nazareth. Well, you know, the first church of the Pharisees said, but nothing good can come out of Nazareth. Well, we just heard a fellow say, he's blind, now I see. What do y'all say about that? Well, we throw him out. See, wouldn't it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be something? Now, this is a true story. And I don't, uh, some Baptist brothers who don't necessarily believe this, and, and I don't, I'm not throwing rocks at them, but this is a thing. They were having problems with down the road. There was a Baptist preacher preaching what we're preaching tonight, and they, they, they were getting healed. So they, at one of their, I guess, regional meetings, they're talking about John Doe down there, what he's doing and what's happening. And they said, well, there's other people praying for the sick. Yeah, but down at this place, they're getting healed. It's the difference in praying for them and letting God do what he wants to do in them. So this, this, this last night at 25 minutes till 8 o'clock, is Jesus Lord? Of course he is. Is he here? Of course he is. What does he want to do? What our heaven looks like? How many of you know in heaven... They're not authoritic. Now, if you struggle with authoritis, and I've got a little in my hand, it doesn't mean you don't love Jesus. I'm just saying, let it be done in me like it is there. Isn't that what he says? That's God's desire. What's going on there is God's desire here. And how, how does that transmit from heaven to earth and in us? By His Spirit, and the word and the authority of his name. Simple as that. In my name, said Jesus. Power of attorney, I give it to you. Exercise it in faith. Watch me. And listen, I, I, I've got to set this up. I'm not here preaching this so I can see something. I visited with June this afternoon for a while, and she said, honey, why don't you go home and pray a while? Or go back to the room, and I did. And I'm praying, and I said, Lord, I don't want to just go there tonight and preach this so I could see something. Lord, these are precious people, and you want to do something. Not for me just to see it. Lord, you want to do it because you love every one of us so much. See, the, the religion wanted to see the signs and wonders. Jesus did it because he had compassion for them. And he had compassion for us tonight. You understand what I'm saying? It's not like, boy, I'd love to see some miracles. Wrong motive. I'd love to see that need met, Lord, because I have compassion for that person. So do you. And God has compassion for you. And, and you go, well, what, 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 what if it don't happen? What, 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 what does don't, don't look at the what if, what if it don't. As I said the other night, as Jack Deere said, if you don't take the blame, you don't have to take credit. You can't heal anybody. All you can do is that you represent Jesus in that situation. Wow. I think I'm done. I think it's time for us to, whatever the Lord's leading us,
to do that we do it. Um, I say names simply because I want you to know I knew them and they were not just a story. David Jones in Birmingham, Alabama, one of the greatest expositors of the word I ever heard. Had a lady come to his church one Sunday night and she gave this testimony. She said, my bed used to shake at two o'clock in the morning and the angels would shake my bed and wake me up because I had a lost husband I was sleeping with. And she said, I would go into my closet and shut the door and I'd pray for that lost husband. And her left side was paralyzed. Night or morning after morning, actually. She said, I would feel my bed shake and I'd get up and I'd go in my closet and shut the door and pray for my husband. And once she said, one morning at two, I'm praying for my husband. And she said, I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, why don't you lift the other hand? She said, I can't. Just like that. I can't. <laughs> and then she realized she just did. 